Welcome back to Torchbearers. On today's episode, we welcome Dan Naden, class of 1993, to the podcast to talk about his process in publishing a book. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Torchbearers, the Valparaiso University alumni podcast. For those of you just joining in, my name is Michael Beaver, class of 2007, and I serve as the Senior Associate Director of Alumni Engagement here at Valpo. How are you doing? Hopefully everyone is doing well, staying safe, and staying healthy. Today we welcome Dan Naden, class of 1993, to the podcast. Dan has worked in the broadcast and technology sectors and has also self-published his own book, which we're excited to hear about today. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Michael. It's great to be here. So Dan, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your time at Valpo and your journey after graduation? Absolutely. So, uh, wow, Valpo seems like yesterday, but it wasn't yesterday. It was many, many yesterdays ago. But uh, incredibly fond memories. I was a broadcast journalism major. Um, I was a member of the Sigma Phi Epsilon fraternity, uh, which is there, I think, on, on what was it, Mound Street, 705 Mound Street. I think I still remember the address. Yep, still there. Um, I was active as a communications major. I had some wonderful experiences. Um, I also was a soccer player. I have an incredible experience playing Division I soccer at Valparaiso, which was incredible. Um, to play against Notre Dame, Northern Illinois, University of Michigan. We played against some top teams. I played goalkeeper and just met a lot of great friends that I still stay in contact this day. But incredible experience there. The communications department was, was uh, incredible. Uh, one of the great experiences I had at Valpo was um, being part of the radio station, uh, WVUR. Um, I still remember, still remember those call letters. Um, I, I got, I had a, had a shift on the radio station, like plenty of students do as an opportunity. Um, but the really incredible memory that I got plugged into at the radio station was, I don't know if they still do this, but the student run radio station got to broadcast a lot of the sporting events, like the women's basketball games, the men's basketball games, the baseball games. And this was before the big shot. Uh, the big shot from Bryce Drew. <laughs> uh, Valpo was just Valpo was just kind of ascending uh, within their conference at that point. Um, you know that was kind of the big crescendo when they made had that whole March Madness thing. But now they're at a, that are, the expectations are so high. Um, but when I was there, Homer Drew was the coach, and he was so welcoming to uh, the broadcasting team that got to travel with the team, stay at the same hotel, go on road trips, and just met some great people and had some great experiences with, with the university. So um, that's kind of before Valpo. Um, after Valpo, I went on to become a graduate student at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, um, continuing my broadcast studies. I also was very involved in the radio station at UT Knoxville. Um, I'm proud to say I met my wife there, <laughs> Shannon, uh, who, did, who didn't, she graduated from Purdue, so just up, up the road a little bit. Okay, so um, st- but still a Hoosier, still in Indiana, right? Yeah, still, still in Indiana, right up the road. So, uh, um, but yeah, so after, after Tennessee, I started working for the software, um, software industry, um, got very involved in internet. Um, so throughout my career, I've been in Minneapolis. I m- moved to Cincinnati for a little bit. And I've, uh, Austin, Texas has been home since, I can't believe it, since about 2000. 
Um, you know, Austin is changing so fast. There's been so many folks that have moved here in the last five years, and I feel like I'm an old timer living here since 2000. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's a quick uh, run through, Michael. Um, but it's it's wonderful to be able to share my story with with others. Great. So, tell us a little bit about this book that you wrote and what prompted you to start it. Sure. So the book is titled "The Bad News Kickers." And so if you've ever seen the movie, The Bad News Bears, it's a similar saga. And okay. what prompted me to write it, yeah, what prompted me to write it was um, coaching youth sports. Um, I have two children and I have coached countless soccer teams and basketball teams. And being a former soccer player, that sport is really in, in my heart. I'm, I'm passionate about all sports, but soccer holds a special position in my heart because I played it and I love it. It's just an incredible sport. Um, so coaching all of these teams over the years, some teams lost a number of games, some teams won a few, but you just certain stories come out because when you get a group of 12, seven-year-olds or eight-year-old boys together, um, just mayhem happens. And so this story, I kind of captured a lot of the crazy things that happened at a practice, at a game, how certain personalities came to the forefront and how you see these young boys start to assert themselves and become more responsible adults because, you know, the lessons of life are often taught through sports. I mean, you learn about leadership, you learn about teamwork, you learn about collaboration, and, and you learn a lot about overcoming failure because more often than not, you're going to come out on the wrong side of the result. So it teaches a lot about resilience. And, and that's a great life lesson because you're going to have times where you're going to be knocked down and, and it's, it's how you respond and how you get up. So it was an incredible effort to write this book. Um, I want to do another one. It's a very challenging, arduous effort, but um, just had a lot of stories to tell. And I just, I've always been a writer and I kind of made it a goal a few years ago to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to write this. I'm going to publish it. Um, and it was quite the journey. And I'm, and I'm so happy that I, that I made it to the finish line. Great. So take us through the process of writing your book. So what were some of the successes, pitfalls, and the challenges to overcome? Yeah, so I'll start with the challenges to overcome would be finding the time to write a book. Um, you know, I had a full-time job at the time. And, you know, full-time jobs sometimes aren't 40 hours a week. They're 50, 60 hours a week. And, yeah, and finding time to write. It was tough for me to get home at 6, 6.30 at night and then be charged up to write. You know, the kids wanted to hang out. You know, I had activities to do. So what I did, Michael, is find um, my lunch hour. I sacrificed eating lunch. Instead, I wrote. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I had a, a local library near my office. Um, so I quickly drove over there. It was like a five-minute drive. And for countless days, kind of went over there, brought my laptop and just kind of wrote for 45 minutes every day, day after day. And then, you know, when my hour was up, I was back logged on back at work. Um, you know, that took a while because as you're, when you're going through any creative effort like this, you kind of doubt like the final product, is anyone going to want to read this? Is sure. this worth my time? Um, but I had a good community of, of support folks. Um, I joined a writer's group that you had a lot of people going down the same path who were kind of having that doubt about, hey, it's what I'm doing worth the time. And, you know, to, so finding that community was very encouraging and, and almost from in a spiritual nature of saying, hey, we can overcome this. You have a story to tell, tell it. Um, so 
um, yeah, a lot, a lot of challenges about knowing when you're done because <laughs> you could just keep writing and writing and writing and writing. And so when are you just going to say, hey, you can always write a part two later, but let's just put the bow on this and get it out there. Um, so, yeah, it was just an incredibly rewarding experience, and I learned so much throughout the journey. So how would you say that your time at Valpo helped prepare you for this endeavor? Well, I, I think it ignited a, a, a love of soccer and a love of competing. Um, and I, I wish I could compete at the level I did at Valpo, but but you know, time time wears on and <laughs> not as fast sure. or as strong as I used yep. to be. But um, uh, interestingly enough, I, d- I didn't write much at, at Valpo. Um, I obviously wrote my papers, but um, I think if you're going to write any story of any kind, um, you've got to write almost daily. Um, you don't have to write for hours on end, but at least if you have time to journal, um, you know, write about what's on your mind, especially now, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're within this pandemic where there's a lot of uncertainty. And for me, it's been very cathartic and rewarding to, to write. Um, sometimes what I write is, is low quality and I would just want to trash it and throw it out right away. But, um, you know, just, just continue to share. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I think being at Valpo and knowing, you know, it's your, it's your first time off on your own at college and you're going to have some bad days where you really miss home, but you find a good group of friends. I had the soccer team with my friends. I had the fraternity and, you know, I knew folks in that group that were active writers and I kind of all, all, always wondered from afar, like, how do they do that? Um, you know, I'm, I was in broadcast journalism, so I was all about TV and radio and what's all this writing thing. But, you know, if, if you're writing a TV program or you're writing a radio program or, or you're producing a program, there's some writing involved. Um, so I think, yeah, w- when I went to grad school, I really started writing avidly. Um, but at Valpo, um, you know, I, I wrote when I had to, but it wasn't like a leisure pastime, which was interesting. Right. But right. now if I do have um, free time, I, I read a lot and I write a lot. And I think for anyone that wants to write, um, you kind of need fuel. And so I think reading and writing kind of, you know, it's, it's like muscle memory. It gets that muscle going. It gets that, that, um, that the juice is going as far as content. Um, but yeah, everything has pre- prepared me for where I am now. Um, and Valpo always holds, uh, holds a special place in my heart. Great. And what advice would you give to someone trying to set out on their quest to start that first book? Everybody has a story to tell. Um, everybody has a, a unique angle, a unique perspective. Um, don't feel like, oh, my story's not good enough or I'm not going to get on the New York Times bestseller list. Um, I can't remember the stat about the number of books that are published per year. It's an astounding number because the, the uh, barriers to entry are so low now as mm-hmm. far as self-publishing, sure. um, which is the route that I chose. Okay. Um, but I, I would say just start writing. Um, don't edit your writing because I think when I started out, I would write a page and like edit it and I'd start to doubt myself. Um, there's this concept called the rough first draft um, and just get the rough first draft out there um, from start to finish. If you, if you kind of know the, the shell of the story, and I knew that with Bad News Kickers, I kind of knew how it started and how it ended. And I just spent a few weeks painfully writing it out. Um, and I was kind of old school, Michael. I actually wrote it in a notebook. Okay. Um, 
which added a little bit more time, but I just felt I do, I work in the digital space. So I have so much time at the keyboard while I'm doing email and sometimes social media and all that. Um, for me writing in the notebook, it kind of felt separate for that. Um, so if you want to write, I'm not saying use a notebook, <laughs> but it's right. just something to think about. If you struggle with, sometimes if you're at your keyboard, you're one click away from Photoshop, you're one click away from doing something else. But for me, especially the, when I went to the library, I didn't bring my phone. I didn't bring my laptop. It was just me and the notebook. So I had no distractions. So everybody knows their own work style. Um, so if you find you write better in the morning, you know, get up early and write in the morning. Um, I forget there's this name of this book where this lady, um, she talks about this concept called the morning pages. And she, she claims, I, I can't remember the young lady's name, but she's been a successful writer. And she has this concept called the morning pages where you get up before anybody else in your house. And the first thing you do is write for a half an hour. Um, and she said, you know, don't get, check your phone. Don't do anything else. Just sit down with your notebook and write, write those pages out. Now it, it could be like in a couple of days I did that. I'm just writing like the pledge of allegiance out or I'm just writing, you know, just something to kind of get that muscle going. Sure. It's not like I'm writing uh, Moby Dick or like the adventures of Huckleberry Finn here, right. but it's just that, yeah, it's just that act of starting off that day by writing. Um, that's the first thing you do. She said the chances of you going back later in the day and writing again in the afternoon or the evening just increase. So there's so many little tactics, but you know, I would advise having patience. And also, as I shared as you're going through the journey, you know, find, find a community. Um, there is a meetup group pretty much about everything now. Um, and I know right now we can't really get together as a physical meetup group. So zoom calls or something, like or something like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, I found that here in Austin, uh, which is a very creative town. There's a lot of people who are writing plays, who are writing movies, who are writing scripts, and a lot sure. of people who are writing books and music. So it was real easy for me to find uh, a group of writers. Uh, some of these writers had published multiple books who shared best practices and shared what worked for them. And other writers were just starting out, trying to get into that cadence of how do I even find time to write every day? Um, so just, I think, you know, to, to summary, to summarize, you know, have patience, everybody's got a story to tell and, and then seek out that community because you will have that, that lingering self doubt about, you know, it's kind of that imposter syndrome, you know, am I really a writer? I'm not a writer. I can't do this, but you know what the act, the act, when you put pen to paper or your fingers to the keyboard, you're, you're writing. There's no like award you're going to get. Yes. Some writers achieve this golden seal or, you know, um, what is it? JK Rowling, like the, that some, some reach that level, very few. Um, I think of the number of books that are published each year, something like 1% achieve 50,000 sales or over. So you have the majority of books. It's hard to get out of the side of that family and friend circle to buy it. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I have a friend of mine here in my neighborhood who's also a writer. We've gotten together periodically. He just said that, you know, if, if you, you know, the bad news kickers has sold well for me, but it's not like I can quit my day job. But he said, don't, right. don't make that. Yeah. Don't have that big a discouraging point, you know, keep writing and get a portfolio of books 
And then maybe you're going to catch the eye of a publisher to say, wow, this guy's written not just Bad News Kickers, but three or four or five books on sports, if that's your genre. And then you can start to build a following or, or, or an interest area. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite the journey. I would highly encourage anyone who has written on the side to try to make it into a book um, and try to get it out there and, and kind of gauge, gauge the reaction from the community. It's, it's an incredibly fun experience. Well, great. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, and we look forward to connecting again. No problem. Thank you, Michael. Dan, thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom and lessons from the field with us. We so appreciate your insights into writing and self-publishing your own book. To our Valpo alumni family, we continue to want to engage you. You are why we are here. So make sure to send us an email and let us know how you're doing. Again, that email is alumni at valpo.edu. That's alumni at valpo.edu. We appreciate all that you do for each other and the university. And while I have your attention, if you're looking for ways to connect with fellow alumni, make sure to check out the links in the show notes for both our regional Facebook groups and our career networking platform, Valpo Connect. Take a minute to sign up and connect with other alumni in your geographic region or field. So until next time, Stay healthy, stay safe, and go Valpo.